Hello and welcome to The Northern Connection. My name is Emma and in this episode Rachel and I catch up with the wonderful Anna Vaught to chat about her books and to find out a little bit more about the centenary celebrations for the publication of Ulysses by James Joyce. Hello, and today we are delighted to welcome Anna Vaught to the podcast. Anna is a novelist, poet, essayist, reviewer, editor, copywriter and proofreader. She is also a secondary English teacher, creative writing tutor, mentor to young people, mental health campaigner, volunteer and mum to a large brood, plus being a columnist for the bookseller. Anna's third novel, Saving Lucia, published by Blue Moose, is about, amongst other women, Lucia Joyce daughter of James Joyce. This fascinating novel takes a unique and important look at the lives of four women, all deemed by the authorities to be insane. February 2nd marks 100 years since James Joyce first published Ulysses, and so this seems the perfect time to chat to Anna. Welcome Anna, thank you for coming to the podcast. Thank you, thank you for having me. You are very welcome. Can you tell us a little about your novel, Saving Lucia? Firstly, where did your inspiration come? Um, well, it didn't start. I've always been a Joyce fan, and I can tell you about that in a bit. But it didn't actually start with Lucia, this particular book. I saw, um, quite by chance, a picture of an elderly lady, or looked to be in a, in a kind of a, some sort of old Mac or something standing in a garden back to camera and she was feeding the birds in a, in a just beautifully tender pose and she was covered with birds over her arms uh, on her hands and on her shoulder and I don't know it just it grabbed me and I thought who is that and um, I looked it up and it was the Honourable Violet Gibson standing in the gardens of St Andrew's uh, Psychiatric Hospital, um, infirmary as it still was, and before that the General Lunatic Asylum back in the day, Um, and she was standing in the gardens doing something that she really loved, which was to spend time feeding the birds. And I subsequently found out about her, couldn't believe I didn't know who she was, um, and I read Frances Donna Saunders's amazing biography of her, the woman who shot Mussolini. And that was where I discovered that her co-patient was Lucia Joyce. And um, an idea began to take hold. Uh, just, just the idea of how would it be if they had met each other? What might they have said? Um, what might Violet, who, who is this, seems to have been this wonderfully funny, rebellious woman, what might she have said to Lucia? And while she was talking to her and kind of, you know, inventing an adventure for her, for which she'd uh, rehearsed many years, who else might she like to be there? And that's where you get uh, Blanche, Queen of the Hysterics and Anna O. And uh, I'm in there as well. Because <laughs> I have a very sort of colourful history, so it's um, you know there are things that are being described though of a different kind, which are also familiar to me and which I'm passionate about. One of which is just the notion of all the people, and they were predominantly women, 
um, who were sent to psychiatric hospitals for life. Um, and in the case of Lucia, as is well documented, just the records were, were controlled or, or rubbed out. Um, and I, I felt very sympathetic um, towards her and uh, very passionate about the topic. And I was, of course, I remain wild about the Honourable Violet Gibson, who's what a character by me. Yes, so that's how it started, with a picture of an, of an elderly lady feeding the birds. Beautiful photograph. It is. I've seen that picture. It's absolutely mm. fascinating. Um, how mm. much how much research did you have to undertake for the novel? And what was the most fascinating thing that you found out? Um, well, rereading Joyce, Ulysses, Finnegan's Wake. Um, I've mentioned before Frances Donna Saunders' wonderful biography of the Honourable Violet Gibson, the woman who shot Mussolini. Um, everything I could find on Lucia, what I could access from uh, archives and online. And then quite by chance, my favourite uh, thing was where I found the family of nursing sisters to whom Saving Lucia is dedicated. And I found that, and these are the women that looked after uh, Violet and uh, Lucia in um, St Andrew's Hospital in Northampton. I found the remaining nursing sister in Massachusetts. They they were from County Roscommon, but they had subsequently after, after nursing um, in Northampton, they'd all emigrated. And um, I learned that Lady Gibson was a great favorite of all of them. And also that these uh, nursing, this nursing family, uh, because they knew that Lady Gibson liked to be outside so much um, with the birds, they helped to sow pouches um, to contain seed, bird seed, into her her dress and her gabardine coat. So when you see the picture of of a violet uh, with birds all over her, that's what you're seeing. It's because she's got seed in all those those pockets. Um, I think really a, a lot of what I was doing was was also just thinking and reflecting on my own history of, uh, of reading of um, well psychiatric care and and thinking about that too and it is a great shame that there's not more that is accessible on Lucia. I did of course read every book that's that's about her in factual books and also the novels as well so I hope that answer, answers your question but my definitely my favourite find was the fact that it's not actually about Lucia but it's 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 just about um, finding somebody who looked after Violet and was wonderful. Um, yeah she sounds a fascinating character I mean yes. when I read the novel I was just I was fascinated by all of them but I have to say what? Violet really leapt off the page and was um you know I just felt she was probably in life so misunderstood and, and maybe I'm yeah. wrong but I, I she fascinated me well I wish that I knew more about Lucia as well, because we don't have the extent of the records for Lucia. I mean, I felt I worried about it, you know, almost was Violet too strong and I couldn't see Lucia enough. Is, is, is she being further silenced by, by somebody pinching her life and putting her in a book? So, you know, I worried about that. But um, yeah, what a character. Absolutely. And uh, what a life. She, you know, she wrote 
letters to the young Princess Elizabeth and then later to Churchill. That's what's going on at the beginning of the book. She used to try and advise Churchill on military strategy. <laughs> Just do, do all these extraordinary things. And the, the letters weren't sent, which she didn't know. But, you know, what a mind. What a fascinating woman. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So bringing it back to Joyce, can uh-huh. you tell us a little about the centenary celebrations? Okay, so a um, hundred years since the publication of Ulysses, and if you look at Sailing Lucia, um, Lucia does herself recount towards the end of the book the circumstances of the publication, um, which I, you know, it's just I, to me, Ulysses is hugely important because it's a book that I picked up when I was a kid, not having the faintest idea what it was about, and went whoa because of the language um, so that's another reason behind the book but um so centenary celebrations so they're, they're happening all over the world but the way in which i am involved although really in a very very small way is with the uh, museum of uh, well molly museum of, of, of literature of ireland in, in in dublin um and they are coordinating any number of wonderful things um all around the world um, universities, places, Paul, Mon- Paul Muldoon in New York City, and, you know, things in Brazil, it's just, it's just so exciting. Um, as then there's text to read, things to listen to, and although, you know, things are happening already, and February the 2nd is, is, is the day, there are things happening for a full year. So um, there's that, and there are things which are also um, being coordinated as I understand it, although it's, it's all happening, it's evolving the program from um, the uh, Joy Studies at um, University College Dublin. Professor Anne Fogarty is Professor of Joy Studies there. So I have a podcast coming up that I've done with her um, on the topic. So that's that's where to look. If you if you go on go on Twitter, it's Molly M O L I. Um, and then you can see the links to the to the program, which and, and just keep looking because it's very much evolving. But there are other things as well, the Joyce Society, and you know, just Google Joyce. <laughs> um, the hashtag is Joyce One Hundred. Um, yeah, there'll be stuff, lots of stuff happening all over the world, yeah. and curated exhibitions and, and so on. Yeah, I, is that enough information? That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah thank you. Okay. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, I haven't, I haven't read Ulysses because I've always been frightened of it, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Um, but I absolutely, I loved Lucia and uh, it was one of those books where I was, I found myself Googling lots of information, you know, it sort of sparked um, lots of little avenues. And I've recently read um, Nuala O'Connor's Nora, yeah. which was absolutely fabulous. But are there yeah. any book, any other books that I should absolutely pick well, up? Well, so Nora which mm-hmm. you just recognize which you just you just mentioned De- definitely definitely um well in recent times i mean you know all sorts of stuff about joyce from the joyce uh, joyce quarterly uh, just oh if you just if you just google joyce newsletter if you want to know about joyce you'll find wonderful things but um nora um i would look very very different at um alex phoebe's lucia um, Annabelle Abbs's The Joyce Girl, I think, would be the the, the main texts to to look at as a, as a starting point. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah, my I mother think... Moore was talking about a book that she's just read, which is about Shakespeare. It's just yeah. recently come out by Shakespeare and Company and the woman who published. Um, yes. I can't remember the name. Julia Beach. Yeah, that's it. She was, who, she is, who was mentioned at the end of Lucia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's just read that. So um, I gave her Nora to read after she'd read that. And I've just yes. given her Saving Lucia to read. Yes. Well. Sort Whoa. Of, okay. Ooh, ooh. Now, <laughs> I need to read that. Don't I really need to read that? And yes, yeah, Shakespeare and Co. Because Violet... Violet Lady Gibson, I'm so sorry. She has, she has, um, she has this scheme in in which Lucia goes and has this life of wonderful liberty, um, and and uh, she goes to be, you know, a tumbleweed, and to, and to stay in um, Shakespeare and Co. and you know do all do all these things. So it is it is in the book at the end. Yeah, I must read that. She's a bit of a heroine of mine. Yeah, me. yeah. I haven't been to Shakespeare and Co for a very long time, but maybe it's time we planned a trip. I have never been there. I've never been there, but what an idea. Sorry, were you inviting me or did you just yeah, mean absolutely. Right. Yes, marvellous. Okay. Moving on before we get yes. started booking flights. Yeah. You've also published an intriguing collection of short stories called Famished, which yes. I know I've read and Emma's read, and I know Jules on the podcast has read as well. We absolutely love them. Thank you. Can you tell us about their conception and what compelled you to write those stories? Oh, it's all in my head. All in my head. <laughs> See, the thing is, I'm a, I'm a really quite recent writer. Um, so what you are witnessing is all the stuff that's been in my head for a long time going Bleh. <laughs> It's just all so a lot of that a lot of that is about you know sort of strange things that happened within my family <laughs> <laughs> my paternal grandmother who was an occultist and made really really good pickles as well you know ooh, weird vibe in that house so i can say and strange cats and it was whoa it was yeah but what good material and she was a character she's a fantastic woman um yeah and I uh, never attended a seance at her house. Though. But anyway, so it's just like, um, it's, it's, it's that, it's family things. It's, um, I've long had a fascination with food history. Um, I'm very interested in food coming and preservation of things that have happened for, for, for um, many centuries. And I'm um, a great fan of food literature I suppose and I, and I do love cookbooks and I'm a particular fan of Elizabeth David um, who appears in Tripe um, and I also you know I quite like exploring stuff that's a bit taboo as well so that's all all kind of mixed up in there with sort of southern gothic and old Welsh literature and 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 any any number of things so feasts but also being feasted on so it's you know it's real food but it's also it's also metaphor so um oh therapy I've had a lot of therapy I think that's probably in there so. <laughs> but um so what you're what, saying is a horror. brain dump Sorry, go on. <laughs> say that again so what you're saying is a bit of a brain dump yeah, yeah well that would be a very blunt way to describe it <laughs> No, well, ish, ish, but you see, there's a lot in my head. I mean, obviously, Gary and I edited these stories. <laughs> he didn't go, write the book, right, that's it, off we go, press the blow. So, um, but yes, they all, they all have an origin in something that has happened to me. 
And also, more seriously, they are bound together by humour and by things that are playful, but also uh, bound together by trauma, which is also there in a current, I mean, lived trauma, my lived trauma, which is also there in a current in a different way, all the way through Saving Lucia. So, but yeah, and of course, it has a new little friend that's coming out later this year. Mm, yeah, you can tell us a little bit more about that in a second. Shall I? Right, okay. Yes. Um, I was just going to ask you, what do you think are the essential components for a successful short story? Well, there's a question. A good ending. It's it's comma press. I like the little little details and hints from comma press. The idea, you know, a story is lost without an ending. You've got to you've got to stick it. Oh, I do, see, I'm really flexible in what I enjoy. I think that sometimes um, people forget, and I'm sure, I, actually, I could be accused of this, so go gently with me. I think sometimes people forget when they're writing short stories that a short story is not just a little reflection. It needs some form of narrative arc. Otherwise, it's a piece of reflective or descriptive writing. Not that that isn't in there, but it needs beginning a middle and an end of, of some kind. <laughs> and it's very simplistic, but it's very easy to forget. Um, and I find that easy to forget. So yeah, I think it needs a satisfying ending. I think it needs to tease you in terms of pace. I think show, show and tell is overrated because I love a bit of telling. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, show, show don't, don't tell. I think um, you know a lot of short stories arguably and novels could could have more telling and less showing um so yes i like i think for me also because i love to read aloud it absolutely delights me if i can read some work and really feel it and feel its poetry and and the variety uh of it um so yeah i the kind of the texture of it as well Mm-hmm. and also i'm this is probably not a, you know it's not everyone's cup of tea and that's fine but i love really long sentences bound together with complex punctuation so you've worked across a lot of different genres of writing i think as your introduction will have shown everybody do you have a favorite form uh i think and again, I feel really embarrassed saying this because I feel like such an outsider. Do you know what I mean? Like there's this really cool party <laughs> and I'm just like the village idiot that's just kind of shuffled up and they've accidentally let me in. I think of myself as primarily a novelist. <laughs> you, you cannot imagine how uncomfortable that feels. But <laughs> does this make any sense? Um, it's um, That's who I think I, I, I am mainly and what I like best. Having said that, I do, I, I so loved writing short stories and I'm writing, just finishing this memoir now and I'm going to tell you about all this later, aren't I? So I um, think one thing I do know is that I do love the variety but that the core of what I do, and I think my agent would agree, will be a novel. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and you've you've said that you're quite a recent um, arrival at the party, if you like. Oh, yeah. Um, how long have you been writing, Anna? Do you mean like bookie writing? Uh, bookie or short stories? Uh, uh, first pen. Well, I've read pen. No, I mean, I started typing. <laughs> <laughs> like six and a half years ago. 
because I always thought, and then I had a book published quite quickly. So that's when I started. That was literally the first word. I'd done some pieces of journalism, a few bits and bobs, but I just thought, oh, no, I can't do it. That's for other people. And I was in the kitchen and the kids were mucking around and the laptop was there. And I just had this, can I swear? Is that all right? Yeah, go for yeah. it. So you know how you get these voices in your head which say, um, no, that is not for you. You can't do that. You haven't got the skill. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you sometimes you have to think, right, who are those voices? Do I think that? Because I wouldn't let anybody else uh, be spoken to like that. And I and that bubbled up and I had an absolutely fuck it moment. And I <laughs> sat down and I started typing. And that was my first book. And I wrote it really quickly. Um, so, yes, yeah, six, six and a half years. But literally from first word, not from first subbing. That's, yeah. yeah. That's, I think that's fairly quick for the amount of stuff that I've had. And there have been some notable disasters in that time <laughs> as well, of course. But that's how you learn, isn't it, from the notable disasters? Oh, yes. Yeah. And, you know, rejection. Everybody gets rejected anyway. Yeah. Or, or they or they write something that was actually a bit shit. You know, like... <laughs> all, all 85,000 words of it, you know. <laughs> and, but even when I did that, when I wrote a novel that was, you had lots of lovely language, but he just couldn't, even I couldn't connect the central character. It just, just somehow didn't work. But even then, I've managed to repurpose that. So um, it's made two short stories. Yeah. Both of which have been published. Not not just, you know, I didn't just lift it and send them off. Obviously, I worked on them, but um, some of the, the original text is is in them. And so, you know, it's nothing is wasted. Even stuff that's dreadful, it's still learning. So what are your writing goals, Anna? Writing goals? Well, I would like this, this novel that's on agency submission to sell... I feel like, you know... I could just say this is a publisher I really like and also this <laughs> so I like that to sell to somebody really really lovely who really gets it because it is it's more commercial Zebra and Will Jones than I, I, I suppose than uh, more commercial literature um, and by the way I'm not saying commercial literature negatively so you do see people like on Twitter saying, oh, no, I don't get accepted because I don't write commercial fiction. Like it was some sort of awful thing. I don't mean it like that. It's just a different, it's a it's a slight departure from what I've done before. So I'd like to see this book well-placed, get into book groups. I'd like to see a film of at least one of the books that I've either written or had come out. So my writing goals well, film, place this current book and and just get some get some continuity with 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 novels and, and build up a you know a, just a running relationship with a publisher, a, a big publisher. But also what I really want to do is to work with both smaller presses and big presses, which is why um the Zebra and Will Jones is out with the big guns. But Reflex, lovely Reflex, have taken on the short, the next short story collection and the memoir. And I think that's really exciting. Yeah, we love uh, Reflex. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. And it's, it's just that, that that sort of mix is, is just very cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's just to, to keep building. Really. Yeah. So you, you have coming out, um, you've got something coming out this spring, haven't you? Um, no. 
No. Oh, have I'm just thinking, have I? And I've forgotten. <laughs> no, <laughs> the re- the re- the no. Two bits ah, with no. reflex. Next spring. So reflex, Next. that's this autumn. Okay. Um, so that that's ravished. Which is a, 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 a well, yes. So that's a, that's a friend to famished, and that's that's all about sort of death and all, all sorts. It's very jolly. It's very jolly. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the sort of book of morbidity, but you know, fairly fairly comical. That's that's coming out this autumn with Reflex, and then they've got the memoir, which is really cool because that is the reason they've got that is that. Um, he, uh, Dave Borodin, kind of is keen to do some new things with the press as well. And I wasn't thinking that would be something he'd like, but it just shows why it's worth asking and mm. sending, doesn't it? So, and um, yeah, so that, that'll be, I'm not, we haven't got a publication date, but that's, that'll be next spring. And, and is there a, a novella as well? Is that right? Yeah. So uh, where are we? So uh, Ravished is out this autumn these these envoys of beauty is a memoir out next spring and i've just sent a novella to my agent and that's called her winter song and the idea of that and it is quite a short novella so it's sort of 15 and a bit thousand um that is it's ghosts and the occult and various things but set very much at the winter solstice so it's very it's very seasonal book and we'll see what happens I whether she likes it I don't know she might not and then I'll have to think about what to do next but I do don't worry I've got an idea for another novel and do you write quite quickly generally yeah how do, do you, you write quite quickly <laughs> well this is the woman who's like you're talking to the woman who's been trying to finish her novel for like what feels like forever and I'm really intrigued by people who write quickly i don't know i just i i'm 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 pondering i'm doing i think i do the majority of the work when i'm thinking about it and then i sit down and i just go and there's my shit first draft and i tend to do it all in one go could you not just vomit onto a page for a few weeks i just can't but I'm not that good at that. But I, I maybe I just need to try. I do have a deadline, though. I have yes. to have the first draft finished by May. So and I've is, got yeah, finger out. The, the thing is, you've got to you've got to work with how you are. I don't think there's any right way to do this. I do. I think that the fact that I write quickly has been a blessing to me. But it's not the only way. It's just what I happen to do. Um. And I would say, you know, maybe you could argue that pressure of time has forced the words onto the page because there's been a lot going on domestically and in, and, and in the house with my lad being so ill and so on. But then you work full time. I, I work part time. So how does that work? I don't know. It's a mystery, isn't it? Yeah, well, if we were all the same, it would never do, as my mother would say. But I think, you know, it, it's very interesting, isn't it? But it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for talking to us and for being so candid about everything, which has been lovely. Oh, that was the lovely Anna Vaught, author of Saving Lucia. So over on Twitter and Instagram, we're running a mini blog tour where we are linking reviews of Saving Lucia by a host of bloggers. So don't forget to uh, check those out and make sure you're following us on Twitter at Northern Con Pod and on Instagram 
the Northern Connection so that you can read those. Um, later in the month, we are going to be back when we'll be catching up with Orla Owen. See you then.